The Weekly Dish podcast is presented by Common Ground Minnesota. Food and farming conversations from Minnesota women in agriculture. Learn more at commongroundminnesota.com or follow them on Instagram at commongroundminn. Hey everybody, it's Steph March for Common Ground Minnesota. Listen, food brings out the passion in people, so let's talk about food together. Common Ground Minnesota is an online resource for you to do that, and it's 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 run by volunteer women farmers from Minnesota of all walks. We're talking big farms, small farms, we're talking dairy, we're talking produce. These women in agriculture are growing and raising the food that we all eat. We love to have a chat with them about what it, what it means to be sustainable, and what does it mean when they're using pesticides, and why are they doing it. All of this is available at Common Ground Minnesota website. It's commongroundminnesota.com. And then on that new website, you guys, there are videos, there's you know FAQs, there's topics, there's a great blog, all sorts of things, and recipes. And farm dogs, too, by the way. So there you go. Commongroundminnesota.com is your great resource for everything food and families and farms. Don't forget, check them out on Instagram at commongroundminn. On, eat on the weekly dish. Weekly Dish on My Talk 1071. I'm Stephanie March. I'm Stephanie Hanson. And we are here to entertain you with all things food and fun and frizzled, frazzled. Some frizzly. Some frizzly. Some frazzly. Uh, it's time. It's time. It's time for Top 2 in Hour 2. Give me the old one, one, two, one, two. And now the Weekly Dish presents one, two, Top 2. Top 2. The Top 2. Pick your best two. In Hour 2. All right. Give me two. With him. With him. All right, this is the time of the show, you guys, that we uh, talk about a couple things that we are just really thinking about. Yeah, so I'm going to start because I have, uh, I know that we have a lot of listeners that listen to our show that are older, and I want people to know about a Facebook group called Minneapolis Vaccine Hunters. Okay. And this is a group, you may have read about them in the New York Times, you may have seen them featured on ABC News, but this is a group that is helping people get vaccines. They are posting when uh, Thrifty White has openings. They are posting when your Walmart has openings. They are thri- posting when the rules have changed. They are talking about if you've missed your second shot. They are talking about all kinds of ways that people are getting vaccinated for COVID-19. There are three vaccines now. There's the Johnson & Johnson. There's the Moderna and the Pfizer And if you are at home waiting and you've registered with your doctor, that's great. But there are other ways you can get vaccines and they are available all over the state of Minnesota right now. There are a lot of vaccine opportunities. If you are over 65, if you have health conditions, if you are the primary caregiver for somebody that is... um, you're the caregiver. I don't know what the designation is for that. If you are a teacher, if you are a child care worker, we are talking about in the next couple of weeks that we may get to the next level of opening up. But until then, if you are in this group and you are waiting for your doctor to contact you and they haven't, you can get a vaccine. There's tons of them around. So go on this. But you have to be. Yeah, you have to be. You still have to be. I just want to clarify that you have to be eligible. for Yes, it. you do. 
but there is a lot of eligibility and yeah. there's a lot of confusion about who's eligible. That's what I mean is that I think that that's a hard and thing to understand. And you will find all of the eligibility requirements. You will find phone numbers to call. You will find if you're not on Facebook, for me personally, it's a reason to get on Facebook just to join this group. You can always get off it when you're done. True. But there are vaccines out there for you. And the faster you get vaccinated over 65s, the faster it'll go to people like me and Stephanie and our families because they're going to wait till they get a certain percentage group vaccinated. Right. So let's get out there. Get the vaccines. Get even, if you're, even if you're afraid, talk to people that have been vaccinated. Dolores is 88. She's been vaccinated yeah. for over a month now. Same with my She's mom. She's doing great. No side effects. Nothing. 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 My so, mom is out walking all the time and feels good. So yeah, let's and do it. Keep wearing your masks and keep get vaccinated. Harmony on the show after us for Shop Girls. Harmony and Jewel have been vaccinated. Doubles. So Minneapolis Vaccine Hunters is the group. Okay. If you can't find it, I'll send it to you. Text me. Okay, good. Okay, that's your first one. Um, my first one is actually going to be uh, the magical cheese world of France 44. <laughs> <laughs> and how they, uh, this week, sort of by fault of weather and delays of shipping and COVID restrictions, you know, had been slowing shipments up and everything else. Well, they got a bounty of cheese. They had so much cheese delivered that they didn't know what to do. They got a little freaked out. And so uh, they kind of put the call out and they said, you know what? We Because here's the deal. When you have that much fresh cheese, it can't just hang out and wait for everyone to come by it. You have to get it out. Yep. It has to leave the store because it's not good after. You can't just like, you know, store it. So they put a call out and they said to everybody, hey, Come on in. We have a lot of cheese. You know, make us an offer, for God's sakes. And so I've heard that they have been well-received, um, and they have gotten a lot of cheese. If you want to get some of the French soft cheese that is delicious and crazy Yum. good, they're giving it for 20% off. Yum. So if you want to order it online, it's Softies 20. If you want to do an online purchase and then just go pick it up curbside, because they absolutely have that. Or you can go in the store with your mask on and they only allow six per people in the store. So you might have to wait a little bit. But I'm telling you, I love, you know, Peter the Cheesemonger uh, at the one in I talked Edina. to Peter last week, Stephanie, I know. about I know. the lamb shanks. Yep. No, Peter is one of my favorite smart food humans on the planet. And he literally, they were like, here, and they gave me, I said, I want three soft cheeses that are amazing. And I got the first one, the, uh, the Chablis, the Affine uh, oh, Chablis, and I, oh my God, I ate it in like one sitting, you guys. It was like the most magical, beautiful soft cheese moment. Uh, and Jake was like, was there, was, was that like a whole cheese? I'm like, no, <laughs> no, it was half. It was gone. So anyway, they're still doing it. They still got lots of great cheeses there. Um, it's at both the France 44 in Edina and the St. Paul cheese shop store. So just don't forget. So like go and, and hang out and get some new cheeses. Yum. Yeah. Okay, second one. Second. Stephanie, and I know you're going to be with me on this. Okay. So I got a big, a lifetime supply of ranch dressing no this kidding. week from Potluck in Roseville. No kidding. I got a cute hat and a lot of ranch dressing. Yeah. Ranch packets, ranch shakers, ranch dressing. There's so much ranch. In addition to that, and by I the got, way, it's ranch. I, and I, I was saying that. Ranch. <laughs> ranch. I got ranch. I got ranch. In addition to the ranch box and the ranch hat there was ranch popcorn from betty and earl's that had been made in bacon fat and then sprinkled with the ranch seasoning on it and it was in this bag and it was ambrosia and i couldn't stop eating it yeah and i was like why have i never fried bacon popcorn and bacon before 
Have you never? No. What is your, why would you even, yeah. What? Uh, why else are you collecting your bacon fat? That's exactly right, Stephanie. And I am a bacon fat collector. And I was like, I just can't believe I've never made popcorn with this before. Oh, yeah. So I posted That's my a recipe. That's chief use of it. For you guys. The bacon fat. Bacon fat popcorn sprinkled with a little ranch dressing. Yeah. Uh, the dry mix. Yeah. The powder. It was ambrosia. And then tossed around. And they're serving it at Betty and Earl's for Ranch Month in the month month. of March. And that's the thing is, it's it's like March and April. It's two months, I think, of ranch stuff. Really? Yeah. I I feel like I remember seeing that. And it was like every restaurant, you know, or every, you know, concept has like some ranch Yeah, they've got, Betty and Earl's has a ranch gravy. I can't even say ranch ranch without saying ranch. Ranch. But just that ranch popcorn alone was definitely worth the drive to Roseville, if you ask me. And don't forget, you can make those oyster crackers with the ranch seasoning. Well, because I just asked Stephanie. I'm like, now we both have literally a lifetime supply of ranch boxed dressing. We should do a thing. I was like, what can we do with all this? And I'm all about those oyster crackers. And that is a recipe. And my grandma has the recipe for that, but it's not the ranch. Everybody, it's the real listen, seasoning stuff. Let me just tell you, you just Google ranch oyster crackers. Yeah. They're a quadrillion. This is one of the oldest shared recipes in America. Then I would say, don't forget, I said the Mississippi roast. Right. And you can use ranch or not use ranch. You can just use chuck roast and a jar of pepperoncini. And turn your slow cooker on and the next night or that night you got good shredded beef. Right. Or you can add a packet of ranch or half a packet and then you have good shredded beef that's ranchy. Yeah. Ranchy. I haven't tried that yet. It's good. It's good. You're, you know, and you mentioned that sandwich. Yeah, I'm a big one. If you want to make those little, I call them like the game day sandwiches where you take the the brioche, you know, like that whole little weird square of brioche or King's Hawaiian. People do it too. With that. King's I Hawaiian's just, what we do. I do not like those. So then, um, and then you put like the roast beef and the cheese and then, you know, you slice the whole rack. Horizontally. The little raft in half and then you put the beef and the cheese and you put the top half of the buns, you know, and then you drizzle the whole thing with melted butter that has the ranch seasoning whipped into it, the powder. And then that goes over the top and you you cover that in foil and you stick it in the oven and you just, it like the butter, the ranchy butter seeps into the bread top and it's like, what? It's delicious. It's wrong. It's so good. It's wrong. Um, Okay. My second one is going to be the Bungalow Club, um, which is, you know, a favorite of ours. One of our favorites. Over on Lake Street. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's, you know, it's. It's Andrew Kraft, who is one of our, our great chefs. He he sent me a lot of great notes about Restaurant Week. A lot of you guys went to Restaurant Week at uh, Bungalow Club, and he said that it felt really normal for a little while. And it was really kind of lovely to have that kind of level of business and people again. So he's doing something really fun, on, and it starts tomorrow. It starts on Sunday. Um, and he's saying, this is on his Instagram. He says, when I was planning this restaurant, I used to tell people, I just wanted to cook pasta and play trap slash hip-hop music. Well, now we are taking the leap and doing that, kind of. We also want to help spotlight some of the great Twin Cities organizations and raise some money for them. Kids eat for $2, uh, and $2 of each plate of pasta will be donated to that week's organization. So they're doing this pasta dinner night on Sundays, Pasta and Trap Sundays. And um, so they're going to be donating to uh, the organization every week. This week, it is the Southside Harm Reduction Services. Um that are going to be that that gets the donation this week. So it's kind of a lovely thing like to go and have pasta and then play a little hip hop and a little bit of fun and just something different. So and they're also going to give to the Family Enhancement Center um, and all sorts of stuff. So it's really good. I love it. Okay, that's it. We're going to take a quick break, you guys. And when we come back, we have other interesting things to talk about. (laughs) Trust me. 
I hate it when people talk about working with the real estate agent you can trust. Of course you should work with someone you can trust. The issue is, how do you find those people? And you find them by talking to friends and coworkers and hearing about their experiences. I decided to work with Carrie and Sue from Lakes Area Realty because I knew Carrie Augst is a super hard worker and a straight shooter. I knew Sue Durfee as a super agent with tons of experience in the market, and I liked that they had a large network of people to call on when we needed to get our house staged and cleaned and painted. They had people that could help us get all of these things accomplished, and we were all on the same page about what needed to get done to maximize what I could make on my home sale. I used Carrie and Sue Stager, and she took videos of every room in my house with helpful suggestions of ways to prepare my home for a sale. Many buyers and sellers are getting multiple offers, and Carrie and Sue have experience in getting the deal done without necessarily just being the highest offer. Call Carrie Augst and Sue Durfee and ask for the Weekly Dish Hot Dish special offer only for Weekly Dish listeners. Connect with them at CarrieAndSue.com at Lakes Area Realty. I did watch um, So I Married an Axe Murderer the other day, which is where this song is from in my mind. I can't keep up with your teenage watchings. Oh my God, I'm totally <laughs> going back in time on all my You and Lori Bargini just crack me up. I can't not watch it. It was on. It was actually just on. And Jake came upstairs and literally he was like, I was like, you got to watch this. You got to watch this because he's never watched it with me. And I, he was like, I can't watch this with you. You're saying everything. He's like, do you know this entire movie? And I'm like, yes, <laughs> I watched this movie a thousand times. I this is it. I am watching Rain on the CW, which is sort of like a Henry VIII, and but it's got current oh. modern day music and hot guys and yeah, so I can't really be pointing fingers. <laughs> okay, I didn't mean to hijack your opening. <laughs> no, it's okay. It's okay. Here's what I got, friends. Okay, <clears throat> I was just I read an article and I was thinking about shopping in the Twin Cities. It was announced this week that. I think it was Target has like a $15 billion year going. They have made more money this year than like the last 10 years they combined. They won the pandemic. And I am happy about that because Target is a local company. So that means money is staying in our my environment. Daughter. So again, if you're going <laughs> to have to online shop, Target is a better choice than Amazon. But that's just what that is mm-hmm. because your money stays on the Twin Cities. So I was real happy that Target's doing so good. Then I think about like, okay, who else is doing good? And of course, I want our local folks to do well. But in the beginning of the pandemic, I had a little rant on Facebook, or excuse me, it was on Instagram that really resonated with a lot of people about how grocery shopping had changed so much and how I was panic shopping. I was going into a store with my mask, with my basket, and just throwing food in there that were like staples, like beans and rice. And because I was just not thinking about like, yo, here's the recipe I'm going to make this week. I was just panic shopping to feed my family. Right. So in the beginning, in the beginning, but it's a year later now. And there's just been an article that came out that talked about how shopping has really changed at the grocery store. So it used to be that you were browsing, right? You'd go and I'd go in every single aisle. It used to drive my husband crazy. I could not go to the grocery store without going every aisle. That was just not fun for me. Now people have lists. And they've got shopping lists on their phones. And they walk into the store. People have always had lists, though. But more so than ever. And they're asking for help more because they're going to specific things. Like, where is the Prego? Where is the waffle mix? Empty aisles um, are not in the stores, but people are just going to specific things. Okay. Also, the shift to touchless grocery shopping has accelerated. Um, Meaning curbside pickup? Yep. 
Yeah. And also um, that um, people are doing shopping on their phone and then picking it up, which is curbside, as you said. Yep. At the same time, um, they're talking about like Kowalski's is doing really well. They're talking about building two more stores. The amount of people that are shopping in grocery stores versus eating. So generally grocery store traffic and grocery store purchasing is up, which you wouldn't think. It's up 10%. Well, why wouldn't you think that? Of course it is. But because I people are not going out. So they, Yes. They but it to... wouldn't occur to me that like... Really? Not really, no. Because food is food, but people were eating out so much and yeah. using so much of their disposable income on dining. Yeah. Now that is shifted back into the grocery store. Yeah. So it used to be, too, that you would go grocery shopping like every day or four times a week. Now people are going once a week with that list, and they're very intentional. And they're, it used to be you'd have a basket. Now you have a cart, like a cart full of food because you're only shopping once a week versus going four times a week. Hmm. I don't agree with it, a lot of this. <laughs> well, well I, let me put it this way. This is from Kowalski's. This is from Kowalski's? Yes. Okay. In the Twin Cities. So it was so. a local. So that's at least good. It is a local. I I guess I guess what I feel like is I, I'm very wary of studies. I guess I thought that this was like a study. So if this is their observations, that's different. Then I feel a little bit more. I just, I feel like we get these, I get these press releases all the time that are like, restaurant sales are down this year. And you're like, well, yeah, they were shut. They Over the past three months, this is a statistic that will bug you, and you're right. Over the past three months, U.S. grocery store sales were up 10%, and restaurant and bar sales were down 18%, according to government surveys. So that's what you're talking about, <laughs> that's what and I'm you're saying. right. Yep. But they send it to you, like, would you like to talk to an expert about this? I'm like, why? No. Why would I talk to an expert? I'm. We're all living this. We don't need someone to show us what we know. You know, we need someone to kind of think about, you know, the ways this impacts on a bigger scale, I guess. And I appreciate Kowalski's for doing this and for really taking the moment to look at it, because what they're going to do is they're going to then synthesize size how we react and they're going to make their stores better for that and i appreciate that yes for sure and they've already improved their online shopping experience with website lists recipes nutritional information Uh, they're also noticing in the twin cities that older shoppers really like to shop yeah they like to go into the store they want to talk to the meat person so they're seeing that they're opening up early for people that are immune compromised has been really successful. I think that has been one of the best things that they've done. I think that when and Target did it too and you know I I appreciate that and I think it's a smart way to both build loyalty and to build, you know, customer confidence. Um also in the Twin Cities there's rumor that Amazon could be potentially coming here to open a grocery store. It's not a rumor, it's happening. Uh, apparently they're talking about Burnsville and Egan and a checkout free experience. Yeah. So have you, so what you do is you go in and the minute you walk in, you have your code on your phone and then it scans the code and then you put the things in your bag. And as you walk out, it scans those things in, in your bag. And so like it, it'll just automatically charge you for whatever you put in your thing. What would be really nice about that experience is the worst part of the grocery store is what? Your grocery store experience, what's your worst part? Well, I don't know. I don't. I, I mean, will like, tell you for me, uh-huh. the checkout. Yeah. I hate checking out. I hate putting I my stuff on the a... counter. I hate. Do you ever check out yourself? Do you do you self-check out if you can? I'm not. You can only self-check out as far as I'm concerned when you have a few items or when you have like a lot of box pro, a lot of things that are like with barcodes that you can see. I wouldn't do it with like tons of produce. 
I wouldn't do it with tons of vegetables. If I'm just getting spaghetti and a box of Parmesan or something in a box and a thing of milk, like I might because it you can see the barcodes and it's easier. But I do not generally like self-checkout. <laughs> Is with it because anything. you're scared to look up avocado or something? Or no, like- <laughs> it's because it doesn't save you any time. And there's still someone standing in the corral that you're going to have to ask for help. Like, oh, I think it saves a um, it saves me a lot of time. Do I you mean, do your whole cart or do yes. you do it for small purchases? I have done my whole cart, but I don't when it's a massive purchase, when I'm like going on a but I I guess here's the other thing is I don't I don't feel like I've done um like I only go once a week. You know what I mean? I do go my my, my Sunday is my grocery shopping day. But there's days like sometimes I leave the show today and I go, oh, I'm going to go and drop because I know I want to make this thing tonight. So then I go, I don't shop like that anymore. And they're saying nobody else does either. Yeah, I think that's wrong. That's why I'm saying it's like, I don't, I don't feel like, I feel like I know more people who shop like I do. And I'm not saying that we shopped that way. I'm not saying that I'm like, I'm just like lollygagging in the store. I, I, but I've always had lists. I just, I feel like there's, I feel like there's less panic about it because it's less about the fomites and the touching of the things. And I think that was the scary part for most people. And I, you know, everybody I've seen has masks and they're in and they're doing their things and they're getting out, but it's less, the the original panic was like, you know, the things you were touching and too many people were touching and that doesn't actually, the science on that doesn't prove out. So I feel like more people are more apt to go more times. Home delivery is still surging. Absolutely on that. hundred percent. And there's, you have to remember too, there are people who love to grocery shop. And there are people who absolutely hate it. I mean, there are people who don't want to do it anyway. And so then, you know, that kind of thing, this this has been marvelous for them because they can just have somebody else go do it. Right, right. Uh, all right. So I just, I know how I'm shopping. I can just tell you, like, I never bought, I've never bought ground ground beef ever. I just never did it. I don't cook with it. It's just not something I have. Right now in my freezer, I have ground beef, ground turkey, well, ground why chicken, is, why ground is pork. That? Because if I, because I, What's I'm the, not going shopping every day. I'm looking in my refrigerator and going, okay, here's what I have. What can I make with what I have? Okay. I see what you're saying. Cause that doesn't, I mean like that to me is a, that I used to open up a cookbook and say, tonight I'm going to make this and oh. I'm going to go and get these ingredients for this thing. Now I'm just like, I've bought a whole cart full of food for the week and what can I make with what Interesting. I've got? Interesting. Okay. So I mean, it's just and I a do, different way of shopping. I do both. Like I do simultaneously both things, whereas I have a store of things that I kind of keep so in case I'm, but for me, it's like, I'm like, I don't know, what are we going to make tonight? Well, we have this. Oh, dumplings, right? I had planned for dumplings, but also we need to go get this. I do go to the store for little things. Yeah. See, that's not the trend right now. Friend. <laughs> that's the trend for Dolores, who goes to four stores because, you know, when you're 88, now you are vaccinated, which is better. But before I was like, could you just please go to one? One store if you have Do you remember seeing him burst onto the scene of the Grammy Awards? No. Oh my gosh. Was Ricky it Martin. If you can find it online, like there, you know, we're watching the Grammy Awards, and I always like watching the Grammy Awards, and it's kind of like ho hum. And then literally here just comes this beautiful hip shaking guy. And just the whole crowd is just like on their feet. I remember just how he was bummed. Oh, it was like, wow, where have you been my whole life? Yeah. Still love him. With the boys. <laughs> yes. And now he's a dad. I like four I know. Kids. It's so great. Um, hey, okay. So first of all, we have to talk about the FETA situation because 
I got Can some we? emails from people this week because last week, remember, we talked about the TikTok feta thing. Yes. And we, you and I was skeptical. And I. That yeah, it made a creamy sauce. Yeah, I said I was like, I wasn't buying it and I hadn't watched it. And yes, yes, yes. I understand. So I got a lot of emails. I had, I think I had four total. Um, I had one who said it was she it didn't work for her either and then the other three said you're crazy it's great so and the last one i got was this really sweet woman who was like no let me tell you and she kind of walked me through how she did it and what it looked like she sent me pictures it was great so so it does work i'm not saying it didn't work i said i was skeptical but i love that you guys you know kind of like want to share your wins and in fact so many people are sharing their wins that there is what they're now calling the tiktok feta effect and that cheese suppliers were not prepared for this. And that you had said there's like, you can't find blocks of feta. Blocks of feta. And they're saying that basically all over New York and everything else, people are, you know, Charlotte Observer, by mid-February, when feta was the number one search term on Instacart grocery delivery app, the Charlotte Observer temporarily reported temporarily empty feta shelves in local stores. Demand was up 200%, which operates uh, 230 stores, you know, nationwide or seven states. So this is the deal. I think it's really, I still think for me, the sociological aspect of this is what's interesting. Yeah. Because if I was a food marketer right now, yeah. I'd be trying to figure out what I could do to be this next recipe. I mean, honestly, is it peanut noodles? Yeah. Is it like, because so many people are searching for new things to cook because we're so bored yeah, with everyone's our bored. cabinets. Mm-hmm. And there's, uh, in fact, they're saying that uh, rapidly rising status of TikTok recipes like the baked oat cake, which I don't know anything about. Yeah. Do it yourself, a, vegan chicken. That I don't know. Oh, the baked oat cake is, um, I saw that. I and, mean, it's like the tortilla wrap pack, which I have done. Yes. And it works. And I'm like, this is why have we not been doing this? Like, why? Because it's hard to put a lot of fillings in that tortilla oh, wrap pack. Not if you're just doing cheese. Let me just say or that. If you're cheese, just doing cheese, cheese and a couple things. It's amazing. Fold, fold, fold. I was doing so, like, beans and pork and too much well i was doing pork but that's like if you can figure out where the pork and the cheese goes on that what we're talking about is the round tortilla (laughs) and you cut like into it like a pizza but only halfway and then you kind of fold it a quarter over itself quarter over itself quarter over itself and you fry it yeah it's good um so anyway so there's i'm gonna put there's a little there's a really interesting article on the new york times that i can put on this on the page for you but just know i'm not against the feta pizza i just probably i don't know I don't know if I'll do it. Do you have an ingredient in your cart every week that is like, you can just do a million things with it and you always have it? Like for me, I was thinking about it and it is cherry tomatoes. I oh. always buy cherry tomatoes okay, because I can make a pasta sauce. I can uh, cook them in the baking dish with rice. Yeah, I that's can... nice. That's a staple in my house. Yeah. Yeah. But and I don't that's know if... why I think the feta cherry tomato thing was also such a boom. Right. Because you don't need. It's just the cherry tomatoes. They're easy. Right. And they're usually they're inexpensive and it's a way to have like a little bright pop yes. of acidity and things. And if you want a just life changing thing, you just put cherry tomatoes with olive oil and a little whatever herb you want. It doesn't even have to be an herb. It can be salt and pepper. And just put that in the oven and put it on like 425 and let it just, you know, they burst, right? And they get a little muji and cookie and putting that with a piece of chicken, putting a fish on oh. that and cooking it, putting pasta or rice, that it could go on polenta. That little mujun jun 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 goes on everything and with everything. I do that in a pan. I just do that on the stovetop. Sure. Like I just saute them until they break down. Sure. And that is just, and then you throw the pasta on top of that. 
or whatever quinoa. Yeah, you know, I do a lot of quinoa. Absolutely, on top millet. Of that. It could go on anything. Yeah, you can do With that. Eggs. That feta recipe tomato thing and throw that on quinoa it doesn't have to be pasta you can do it with goat cheese too friends if you can't yeah. find the feta just throw a oh, lot yeah. of goat cheese in the middle of Good that idea it's delicious okay so i want to talk since we're talking about cooking and crazy evolution of recipe things so we know that there is a um and we've talked about this on the show the controversy about people who the blogging community and the people who put recipes out there, and you're one of the people who puts recipes out there quite often on a blog, and then how there's a, a, a certain sector of the of the world, and it's not even the food world, because I kind of feel like these aren't food people who think that they shouldn't have to scroll through your life story before you get to the recipe, right? Yes, and there's a real... Like there's a theory about all that because when you do a blog post, you supposedly are supposed to write three to five hundred words prior to your recipe or post because that creates better search optimization for people to find your recipe online. Right. That's why people are writing their life stories. Well, and because yeah, no, it's about content. It's about uh, you know SEO search engine. Yeah, there's there's reasons behind it, but also it is <laughs> again. There's a lot of there's reasons for food, right? I mean, like, and there's reasons for True. dishes, and it's kind of one of those things where that's that's the context of the dish. Um, and so what happened? So you know, because this has been a popular sort of you know complaint from people I think who are like, oh, all I want is to know how to make this buffalo sauce for my chicky tendies or whatever. Yep. They don't really care. They're not usually actually probably common cooks. They're not like kitchen people, but they do want a recipe for something. So anyway, there's some tech bros uh, who have decided that they're going to fix the situation. And they came up with a site called Recipeasly, Recipeasly.com. And basically what it did, it was uh, a website for those looking to collect online recipes without having to read the many words of the recipes creators. Your favorite recipes except without the ads or life stories is the way that they put it out there. And let me tell you what, they got smoked. They got smoked so hard by the blog community and by everybody else that they basically, uh, I think it took, it was like three hours and it just went crazy because basically they said um, the pushback started. And I don't know if it started, but Kat Kinsman from Food and Wine, who's an editor there, she said, wait, so you're just stealing content, eliminating context and creator revenue and diminishing the labor. That is the only way these recipes exist in the first place, because you have decided the humans behind them are annoying. And it was sort of this. They're like, what, what? No, we just want you to be able to clip and save. But that's not it. No, like, they want all the traffic to go to their yeah. site so that they can get the search engine optimization and they can get the words and they can get the clicks and they can get the money. And they're stealing it. They're just it's yes. straight up stealing. Do you want to hear just the weirdest thing ever? So Is it still on this topic? <laughs> yes, okay. it is kind of. <clears throat> so stephaniesdish.com is my website. Every time I do a TV appearance, I get a spike in traffic. Yeah. Every time that spike in traffic comes, I get a note oh, from Google that says, this, yeah. oh, by the way, we think there's weird traffic happening here, so we're not going to allow your traffic to be seen anymore. We'll let you know. Then the next month, they say, okay, your traffic looks normal again. That's fine. Every time I'm on TV, they cut me off. Yeah. It's just, it's like, wow, there's a, the bots in the world paying attention to me. When there's so much more, like, I mean, I nobody cares about my little website. It's not doing anything other than giving people a place to look for the recipes I'm making. But it's weird that they, but the whole point is to give you, the whole point is if you drive traffic, you get more 
I mean, it should be advantageous. They want eyeballs. Why wouldn't they want eyeballs on your site? I don't know, but they don't. Okay. I mean, it is strange, and I don't understand it, and I don't know about the algorithms, all the stuff. I have to tell you that these reci- the Recipeasley people, you guys, these dudes, they, uh, they took it down. And they put up an apology. They said, we have nothing but respect and admiration for the time, money, and effort that goes into creating recipes and websites. We don't want to minimize the results for all that hard work. We realize we're not demonstrating the huge respect we have for recipe creators. We missed the mark big time, and we're sorry. Oh, good for them. And so they're going to re-examine. They said, we're going to take down the site and re-examine our impact. And I thought that was a really interesting development basically yeah you know because it is also hard because and you're going to find this out as you go into your book creation about how you know recipes are are you know we all share recipes and everything else and there's definitely you know ways that you can make recipes yours in the uk the minute you put it out there it is possible possible to um copyrighted in the america are it's not the list of ingredients that can be copyrighted but it's the verbiage of the process that can be copyrighted so like if we had buffalo sauce which was chili peppers butter and salt you know and cream we could put that out there but then the way that i wrote it and the way that you wrote it would be different and ownership and able to be owned and I will tell you, it's really hard writing recipes because I'm not a chef. I'm not a fancy cook. So I'm writing my cabin recipes and we might make a Mississippi roast at my cabin, which is, you know, butter, pepperoncini, chuck roast, some salt and some pepper and some ranch dressing mix. Right. Well, a 55,000 other people have put this recipe together and all it basically is, is putting your roast in the crock pot and turning it on. So is that copyrightable i don't know it's tough and let me tell you what something that like i was reading this yesterday and it dovetailed into something that was one of those moments for me um which is the fact that of course i there was the new york times you know they put out there i get their the cooking newsletter and sam sifton said i don't know maybe i'll make some tater tot casserole that my friend molly yay makes and i was like right away it inflamed me and got me so angry because the only reason that this guy knows about tater tot casserole which is all of our hot dish but because molly yay a woman from new york moved to minnesota to me that is like that's the problem like if you're taking if you're not even like thinking about the 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 thousands and thousands of you know women and and homemakers and people in minnesota who have been making that dish themselves and the way that they've done it whether it's cream of mushroom soup binder lutheran binder whatever you want or you're making your roux but there was i get what they mean when people get offended that their cultural the history and the context is taken away and it's just i'm just a white woman but it's like tater tot hot dish I get it. Like when someone from New York takes it and makes it into something else and then says, this is what this is. It feels weird. It It is weird. And it is weird to write. I, I, I actually didn't write a cookbook for a long time because of this weirdness, because I was like, I'm not really creating anything. And that's I'm, the hard part. Yeah. There's a I, lot of this that is in the recipe world, the appropriation thing. I mean, that Marcus Samuelson and his Haiti pumpkin soup got, Yes. Crazy, crazy, you know, flamed for just because he because he published an adaptation. And that's a hard thing for a lot of people like this is sacred. And maybe do you think it's different? Like if you're a chef that there's more pressure on you than if you're just a home cook. Because if I put ranch dressing on fried potatoes and call it, you know, Stephanie's ranch chips. Yeah. Is that going to be like, oh, I don't know. I don't know. I, I do think there is. I do think that if you're in the public eye and you're profiting from it, 
in a way versus you're a cook and you're just sharing a thing. I think there is a difference. But well, when I have a cookbook, I'd like to make some profit. So maybe I'll be weeding <laughs> into this at some point. I don't know. I don't if know. I could make money on anything I do, it would be amazing. It would be great. It would be like, wow, this is actually a job hey, and not a hobby. Check out this job. Right. All right. So we are going to take a quick break, you guys. And when we come back, we are going to wrap it up all for you in a nice, easy bow. This is The Weekly Dish brought to you by Hornitos and Maker's Mark. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Weekly Dish. Uh, thanks for joining us today. You know, we just had, a, I think it was a great day. A lot of good discussion, a lot of fun things, um, a lot of optimism and positivity. Um, and if you miss any of it, of course, you can listen to the download or download the podcast and uh, catch up. We love it when we get notes from people who clearly are listening on another day and say, oh, it was so funny when you said this. Yeah, and then I'm like, wait, what did I say? all week long on the podcast. I know, on the And podcast. you can find out wherever you find your podcast. Yeah. You don't necessarily need to just go to my talks page. You can find it wherever. No, you can absolutely. Oh, don't take a picture of me. Oh, come on. Okay. This is the weekly post. I know. Okay. It's always when I'm here, not showered. So there you go. <laughs> we never shower before the show. Come on. Who are you kidding? 10 years. You think how many times have I showered? Unless I have something to go do. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know what I'm going to cook tonight. So the Facebook question, by the way, you guys, which I <laughs> saved for the very end of the show, was like the idea of like the fact that we're in this spring moment and we kind of don't, I don't know, for me, that's a hard, it's a hard craving, right? Like it's all warm and gorgeous outside and you feel like it's summery, but the summer food is not available to us. I, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it's not like it's asparagus season for God's sakes. So, or ramps or ramps <laughs> if you want to dip it in ranch. <laughs> but the idea that it, there is, um, you know, uh, because like I'm not braising anything anymore. You know what I mean? I'm not really feeling like a pot roast or anything. Right. Lots of people have replied. So I said, basically, here's the question. What are you cooking? It's not asparagus season. You can grill, but the heat is still on at home. You know what I mean? Like at dinner time, you're still going to yeah. need the heat on. Um, and a lot of people are doing uh, Mary. She's got barbecue leg of lamb loaded with lemons and garlic. Oh, that yum. sounds really good. Garlic and the mashed potatoes. Roxy's got burger, steak, and salmon. Yum. That's uh, Her husband caught while cook uh, fishing um renee says she's happy that salads are sounding delicious again in the winter she wants veggies that are roasted now give me a big pile of fresh greens and spinach. yeah lots of greens lots of steaks you want to change your life with your greens too what just squeeze a little lemon on them that's all <laughs> okay just a tiny just squeeze a lemon, lemon on your spinach on your kale it. on whatever yeah. your arugula yeah uh, a lot of people have broken out their their patio furniture and are grilling uh, Naomi is doing corned beef and Irish soda bread. That is a thing, you guys. I've seen a lot of you guys trying the corned beef thing this year. Can I tell a, you that? I'm doing a segment on Irish soda bread this week. Well, yeah, for, I'm going to go grab it from Kieran's. Oh, I'm doing it. Are you making, I'm making it? it? Okay. So Kieran's uh, kitchen in Northeast has a thing where they're selling, you know, Bakersfield Irish soda bread and uh, portions of the proceeds are going back to the Irish Fair of Minnesota, which is a huge you know, organization, lots of Irish heritage uh, humans in Minnesota. So that's a really, and they're selling it through March 21st. I'll put it on my stories when I go grab it. And basically, yes, I'm heading over there because I want the grilled cheese. That's happening over there. <laughs> but nonetheless. Grilled cheese with Irish soda bread is good. No, I just want a straight up grilled cheese and then I'm going to have my soda bread later. Let's oh, make- <laughs> I see. Got like it. I'm getting my soda bread to come to bring home so I can get corned beef and all the stuff and do like a very good like Irish cheddar melt on right. that. But like I want my own grilled cheese differently. I want them to make me their grilled cheese. So. Um, so a lot of grilling that's going on this weekend and a lot of things like that, but go ahead and put that on the, uh, 
on the Facebook if you can find the comment page. <laughs> After we load up all those recipes, it's hard to find it. Um, so there you go. So what are you cooking tonight? Um, grilling something probably. You are? Yes. I am, uh, to be perfectly honest, I'm heading up to the cabin and I'm starting to think about the garden because it's getting melty up there too. Mm-hmm. We're putting the snowmobiles away. Right. We're starting to think about what's next. I put a plant, uh, I put a package of black beans in my bag. Some dried black beans. Okay. And I think I've got a ham hock somewhere. So maybe a You're little some- hammy, hammy beans. Hammy beans? I did make this week. You said you're sick of braising. I'm not. I I'm am. trying to eat all the pickles and the sauerkraut from last garden season. So I just put a pork shoulder in a pile of power- sauerkraut. Okay. In a Dutch oven with some um, uh, apple cider. Mm-hmm. It was a fantastic. Oh, Cooked right. it for like four hours. Oh, yeah. It was real good. 250. Okay. okay. Yeah, I mean, I'm not, I guess I'm not walking away from the braising completely. <laughs> you do like a good braised meat. I really do. I really love it. I love the way it makes my house smell. I love the whole thing about it. Um, I want to tell you, if you're out and about on this gorgeous day and thinking about popping for ice cream somewhere, you should head over to Milk Jam Creamery because, of course, it's Women's History Month. And they do this every year where they rename all of their flavors for, you know, historically powerful yep. women. And I love that they do this, and they've got some really good ones up, including Stacey Abrams. She's got a flavor. Greta Thunberg, uh, Megan Rapinoe, uh, Rapino, my favorite um, World Cup soccer player. They've got the MVP, Madam Vice President, uh, and they have our friend Zoe Francois. I saw that. She's got her own ice cream. I, I know. Mean, you've really arrived when you make it on the milk jams. I mean, why don't they have a Stephanie March? Why don't they have a Stephanie March and Stephanie Hans? Why don't they have a weekly dish? Why don't they double up? Oh, and it would be like, I think for it would be for pretzels for you. And what would be mine? Yeah, what would be your ice cream flavor? Car- salted caramel. Yeah. Salted mine would caramel. have to be caramel too. But if I get the pretzels in there. Pretzel chunks. If I could do pretzel caramel, caramel that, that sounds one. good. Huh? That sounds good. Yeah, pretzel caramel. With the chocolate. Also, why? Chocolate chunks? I feel like I'm the only person who likes chocolate ice cream sometimes. Oh, I know no. that's not true. I, I really know it's like not chocolate true. ice cream. I guess maybe it's my family. Like, I like the chocolate cake and I like the chocolate ice cream. Me too. That has always been my vibe. That's our cake. That's our ice cream. Yeah. Chocolate ice cream. But just salted Kurt? caramel swirl with prep, uh, pretzel chunks. And then do your kids eat the chocolate ice cream and the chocolate cake? Well, Kurt doesn't eat chocolate cake or ice cream or anything fun, really. Okay. Because, like, everybody else in my family wants, like, vanilla things. Or they want, like, banana. Jake wants banana ice cream. Or, you know. Oh, yeah. The, you know, these things. And I'm like, but this, Ellie would eat no chocolate. chocolate. Ellie would eat vanilla. She's she's pretty good. Yeah. I'm, yeah, I, I want, like, ever since I was a kid, it was, I was like, they're like, do you want swirl? I'm like, no, I want chocolate. I would get chocolate, stuff? too. Way over swirl. People cake. that are just vanilla people are fascinating, too. But I, vanilla changed my life when I saw the Sweet Science ice cream and she had like 10 kinds of vanilla. Like that really just the subtleties of all the different flavors that she produced in vanilla. Well, let me be clear that vanilla doesn't mean vanilla boring. Like, you or know, like I mean, New like, York vanilla, the like, Kemp's oh. version that you'd get when you were a kid. Sorry, Kemp's. But yeah, you know, not but the I best. mean, I'm not and I don't mind that either. I don't. But I'm just saying, like, it's funny that we think of vanilla as boring. And yet <laughs> most of the people I know would choose that over 
other things. Have you heard about the kombucha that Indeed is brewing? Yes, that's a blueberry Boone. basil. Have you had it? No, it's called Boone Hard Kombucha, and it's hard kombucha, which, I mean, most kombucha has a little bit of booziness to it anyway. But these guys are, they're going to start selling it in cans. It's on tap at the tap room right now, and they've got a hibiscus one too. Um, but it's basically boozy booch. Yeah, and I, I was wondering if you've had it. I haven't had it. Okay, I have something quick for you. Okay. Today is Black Business. What is it? I just want to make sure that well, I get up, this mentioned. We're wrapping up. Yes, it is. Uh, you missed it. Did I? You're I missed up. it. Well, Black Business is beautiful. There it is. Okay, there it is. And so they're go having support. A, a market today, socially distanced. Where? And you can find it. It is. <laughs> We're going to put it on the I show know. page. Sorry. <laughs> I can't figure out where it is. Okay. Well, thanks for that tip. See everybody. <laughs> ciao, ciao. <laughs>